What's happening, y'all? You doing all right? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. For they are new every Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. For they are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Do I believe it? Great is thy faithfulness. That is like my jam. Uh, it's a theme in my life, and I, I, I love the, the context uh, of that song. This is Jeremiah, the prophet, in the book of Lamentations, chapter number three. And he begins to list some issues in his life. He says, he has made my chains heavy, though I call and cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. I have become the laughingstock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness, and he has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished, and, 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 and so has my hope from the Lord. Then he Verse 19, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It's just a scripture. His mercies never come to an end, for they are... Wait, y'all, don't you know y'all the choir? Why are you acting like you don't know you the choir? For they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Well, my name is Norflet. And if you don't know me, I am not a friend of the family. I am family. And uh, just in case you didn't know, I come around here about once a month. And, uh, and uh, if you guys give me the freedom, I'm just going to be myself. Is that all right with y'all? All right. All right. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Psalm 62. Psalm 62. The book, the book of Palms. The book of Palms. It's right after the book of Job. When you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say wait. 
I love it. Someone was like, wait. Are y'all good? Is it a good day? Psalm 62, verse 1. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall or a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah, think about it. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Those of low state are but a breath. Those of high state are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Father, may we experience your love. Jesus, speak. And everybody said, amen. So check this out. So I, I pastor a church on the west side of Detroit. And, uh, and so in 2000 year, uh, 2018, we began uh, a series called The Movement, Catching the Wind. And uh, it's a preaching through the book of Acts. And we began believing that we are in God's hand and uh, in God's movement. And we preached through the book of Acts and we understood that God is moving. We understand that God's kingdom is advancing. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is poured out and the church is established. And, and now these ordinary fishermen, tax collectors, mason workers, government officials, Jews and Gentiles are now filled with an extraordinary person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And the miraculous is taking place. Lame men are dancing and leaping for joy because they had experienced the power and the love of God through ordinary people. Yet in all this wonderfulness, an awesomeness of the displays of God's love and mercy, his power and strength, the church was suffering opposition. We said this before, but with every movement of God, there is a counter movement. 2018 for our church was a year we experienced the goodness of God. We saw people get healed and, and people get free. I mean, people, uh, cancer disappeared and, and, uh, and uh, pain disappeared and people got whole in their souls. Not H-O-L-E, but W-H-O-L-E. They got whole in their souls. And uh, yet uh, in 2018, uh, we received the news that uh, our unwed daughter was about to be a mom. And although we thank God for little Judah, and man, he is a delight. That boy laughs and as loud as any child I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was news we weren't expecting. My wife's younger cousin at 33, uh, we were actually in a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night and get a call, hey, uh, baby girl's in the hospital. She's 33 and we go to the hospital and we find out that she's dead. We go and we pray and we pray for an hour praying over her, but 
she didn't raise. 2018. We head to Rome and go to Rome with the missions uh, team here at Grace. And while we're in Rome, we land and we discover that while we're here and uh, while we're in Rome, trying to lead our church in Detroit, in Detroit, we find out that our building has mold in it and we have to get out of our building. And so now we're in the process of raising dollars so that we can do some work to get that stuff fixed. This is 2018. I mean, it's the one-year anniversary of me taking over the church. Like, God. 2018, at the end of the year, uh, uh, my mother goes in for some testing and we find out that she's got lung cancer. And so we look at 2018, and, and, and you might look and say, oh, my goodness, oh, Lord. Oh, oh, oh. But we understand with every movement of God, there's opposition. Sometimes it's internal conflict, internal conflict of sin. Sometimes it's outside opposition and a real enemy who does not want you to walk in the movement of God. He wants you distracted by the opposition and hardship. How many know that the enemy wants you distracted with opposition so you don't live on mission? He brings opposition on your life so you get distracted by the opposition and you get off mission. Yet David writes, David writes in Psalms chapter 2, he says, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth and, uh, set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, like the enemies and the haters always have something to say. They are a counter-movement, and, and you need to understand that situations and circumstances speak to us. They have something to say against God, the Lord and God's anointed. Because with every movement of God, there is opposition. There is a counter-movement. Uh, 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 with every transition, there's, we suffer shaking. Every mission experiences pushback. Every journey walking with the Lord, we will experience twists and turns. And although the storms come and the wind blows, God is not rocked. He is our rock. Amen. So for the next few moments, I want to tell you that the rock is not rocked. The rock is not rocked. And, and so I went to Urban Dictionary, and, and I don't necessarily suggest that you go to Urban Dictionary for definitions. Some of you know why. But when I looked up to be rocked by Urban Dictionary, it says to be rocked is to be handed an unreturnable blow or a punch or a powerful punch you can't get back up from. The rock is not rocked. And though we have experienced hardships and have suffered some losses, the rock is not rocked. David writes, he says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. You, you know, there are sometimes you got to tell yourself to shut up. You have to tell your own soul, shut up, soul. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had to do that. You know, when, when you hear news and, and craziness, you can let the worst imaginations get the best of you. 
and they lead you down a path of fear versus a path of love. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You start thinking the worst. And so what happens, see, when you, when you suffer fear, fear makes you think that you're abandoned. Fear makes you think that you're all by yourself. See, the opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is love. Because the Bible says that God, but perfect love casts out all fear. Love means that I'm not alone. Y'all with me? And so David says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. Yeshua, uh my savior, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. I shall not be greatly shaken. I shall not be greatly shaken. At this moment, David is expecting a little sway. How many of you know that things come to you and you start swaying? You get a little wishy-washy. Sometimes you're in, sometimes you're out. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you got joy, sometimes you're in despair. At this moment, David is expecting a little bit of sway. I need you to understand something about David, is that as David's writing this, David understands conflict. He understands opposition. He understands hardship. Uh, uh, The kids would say that he's got a little street cred. He's got street credit. You know, he has life experiences that, that have happened. And although he understands hardship, yet in the midst of all of it, he also understands who his source is and who is his foundation. For God alone, my soul waits. From God comes my salvation. Now, this is David, the shepherd boy, David. Uh, This is David, the warrior, David. This is David, the worshiping minstrel. This is David, the king. He he understood opposition. He understood being outmatched. Anybody ever had a situation where you were outmatched and outnumbered? David understood this. This is that same David that, 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 that the scriptures teach us that uh, he was out taking care of his daddy's sheep and all of a sudden a bear comes and, and he rips that bear together with his bare hands. And, and not just a bear, but also a lion. And so then there came an opportunity where the children of Israel were cowering in the presence of the Philistines and the Philistines send out their great giant. His name is Goliath, eight feet tall. Probably not as good looking as me, but he's eight feet tall. At that moment, David is outmatched. He is outnumbered. But David says, I got some street credit. Mm -hmm. See, he understands being doubted. He understands me having adversaries and enemies. He he understands running for his life. He understood naysayers and backbiters. He understood people he had served and led and supported and believed in and helped out, now turning their backs on him. And now he's running for his life and their lips are constantly on him. David, understand this. He's not writing this uh, as this this was not a page out of his life. You know, sometimes we read the scriptures and and we forget that there was a life attached to that psalm. We read the psalm and we forget that there was a life attached to that psalm. Uh Uh-huh. David understands and he says, for God alone is my rock. God alone is my salvation. My deliverance comes Uh, doesn't come by my hand, my talent, my skill, my army. Uh, 
Even those that are connected to me, my deliverance comes from God alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation. Now, you have to understand something, that this David is talented. He's got some skills, y'all. He's a marksman with a slingshot. They say that uh, the, the, the sling, those that, uh, were, uh, that were, um, uh, uh, did slingshots could hit a target 200 yards away. Marksman. Yet when David begins to talk, he says, For God alone is my salvation. He alone is my rock. He's my deliverance. In other words, David did not depend on his skill to be his defense. That's why when he fought that, that big giant, uh, Goliath, he says, You come at me with spear and javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. What's backing me is not my ability. What's backing me is God's ability. The rock is not rocked. He alone is my rock, my firm foundation. He's the ground I'm standing on. He is the immovable force that keeps me standing. I'm still standing, y'all. I'm still standing. David's been known to say this, I will bless the Lord at all times. You know what all is in the Hebrew? All. It means at all times, whether good or bad, I'm going to bless him, I'm going to worship him, I'm going to celebrate him, and a praise shall continually or always be in my mouth. If I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk right. If I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk him up. He does this because he knows that God alone is his rock and his salvation. Therefore, I shall not be greatly moved because God is not rocked. The rock is not rocked. He is a firm foundation. And then I must say that not only is the rock not rocked, but my rock is not rocked. I belong to him. And if, and if, and if I'm standing on him, walking in him, abiding in him, if God is not rocked, then neither is his church and neither am I. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't experience pain and hardship and, 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 and you know, uh, 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 that it doesn't affect me, but it means that I, I don't let it influence me too much. See, faith is not the denial of facts. Faith is not, uh, it's saying you don't have as much influence in my life. Faith is not the denial of facts. It's just saying the facts don't have the majority or doesn't have the priority of influence. Stand on the rock and you will not be shaken. David, like the early church and like you and I suffer opposition, we suffer resistance or dissent, express an action or argument. We suffer from some things and some ones who are set up against us. Yet when David writes this, he understands the enemy's objective. He says in verse 4, they only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. 
But their only plan is to bring you down from your high position. How many know you are sons and daughters of the Most High? You are seated with Christ in heavenly places, and the objective of the enemy is to make you think that you don't belong to God, which brings you low. The low place is a place where you, 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 you wallow in worry, you wallow in anxiety, and I call it the tyranny of fear. And that's the enemy's objective, is to, to make you think that you, you got to fight this thing by yourself. To make you think that it's about what you have, and if you don't have it, you can't fight it. How many know that creates anxiety and creates fear? See, opposition is to be opposite your position, it's to oppose your position. And typically, uh, the, the enemy can't throw you down, but he pulls you down. He does this by leverage because, you know, it's easier to pull somebody down than to pull somebody up. And so the enemy understands your gravitational pull. Your gravitational pull is negativity. Your gravitational pull is to think the worst. Yeah, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe. I'll get back over here. So the enemy tries to bring you down by weighing you down. Stand on the rock and you will not be shaken. See, Paul understood this and he says this. Uh, he says, therefore, take up the full armor of God. Think of chapter 6, verse 14. So that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. Having done everything to stand, stand firm. He says, whatever you need to do to stand, figure out, but stand. If you're standing like this and you get pressure coming on you like this, put that foot back so you can stand. You get knocked down, get back up so you can stand. Stand firm. Gird yourself with truth. See, there are facts and there are truth, and, and truth trumps fact every time. Well, what's the truth? Well, the truth is God is the rock. And if he's the rock, I don't have to be shaken. The truth is that God's the healer. If he's the healer, I don't have to be sick. Y'all know that. See, that's, you know, whoa, did he just say that? Well, I'm just reading the word. This is truth. And I've got to do my best to get in it and stand on it. So I'm standing on truth. I see the facts, but I'm standing on truth. I'm going to let truth influence my decisions and let truth influence my imagination. So I start seeing things that are out of order, in order. Hmm. The enemy may be trying to pull you down. And he's trying to pull you down from the seat Jesus purchased for you with his blood. And I believe that God is not rocked and neither are we. 
Who are we? We belong to him. In fact, we've been seated with him. High above, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 says uh, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head or the source over all things to the church. And then chapter two, verse six says, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in other words, if I'm with him, if I, are you with him? If I I'm with, if, are you with, if I'm with Kim, then guess where I'm at? I'm seated with him above all. All rule, authority, and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named. Well, what are some names that are named? Cancer's a name. His name's above it. Thank you, three. Oh, now we got a few more. What are the other names that are named? His name is above, and not just in this age, but the age to come. (laughs) So that means all things are under my feet too. I just need to keep my eyes on him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus. Oh, who's Jesus? Uh, edit that. Edit that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me. This is King David. I have set the Lord always before me. So uh, I, I put him before me. I don't put him behind me so I can't see him. I put him before me so I can see him. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. The right hand is the the, the hand of strength. In other words, David says, my right hand is God. He is my strength. And because he's my strength, I will not be shaken. Now you have to know that David was running for his life uh, quite a few times. You got to know that David had haters, yet in this moment, he says, I set the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand and I shall not be shaken. Isaiah says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So you have to ask yourself the question, what do you see? Do you see the opposition? Do you see the hardship? Are you wallowing in the suffering and kind of give praise to the suffering? Not only what do you see, but what do you say? You you know, um, situations have a way of silencing you. I don't know if you ever had a moment where maybe you got a report and you're like, But don't you know that you have to speak to some things in your life? What do you say? There's a moment that Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says to him, he says, who do men say that I am? 
Who do men say that the Son of Man is? And, and some, says, some say that thou art Elijah, some uh, Elias, or, or Jeremiah, or even John the Baptist. And then Jesus says, okay, but what do you have to say? See, it's not enough. It's not enough for, uh, uh, for what other people have to say about him. The question is, what do you say about him? I, I told my son the other day, listen, listen, man, God don't have grandchildren. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He, he was like, he said, Dad, I'm going to lead worship somewhere, and uh, uh, can you come with me? I need your anointing. I said, get your own anointing. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He said, well, oh, that's mean. No, 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 no. I'm trying to get my kid not to depend on me, but depend on him. I'm not the source of anointing. God is the source of anointing. And he has no grandchildren. He has sons and daughters that he will mark with his presence. And he will mark them with his love. So Jesus says to him, who do, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, the son of the living God. Uh, he, you know, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus says, listen, oh, flesh and blood has not told you that. You, man, you didn't get that because you were smart. My father revealed that to you. And then he says, you are Peter. And on this rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Peter, what do you say about me? Well, I say that thou art the Christ, the anointing and the anointed one and his anointing, uh, and you, the son of the living God. God is not dead, but he is alive and he's active and he's moving and he's at work and he's producing good and he's doing good. He says, I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this rock, I will build my church. On this truth, on this foundation, I will build my church. What's this truth? What's this foundation? Well, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then he says, well, I will build my church on this truth. In the gates of hell, every strategy of the enemy will not prevail against my church. Well, you have to understand who the church is. You didn't come to church this morning. You are the church. You woke up to church because you are the church. The, the, the church is a people. It's not a building. And so that means that the gates of hell, the strategies of death in Hades cannot prevail against you. You win. Hardship is coming, but you're winning. Suffering shows up, but you're winning. Why? Because the gates of hell will not prevail. So it doesn't matter what kind of hell you're experiencing. Did he just say that in church? It doesn't matter because the gates of hell don't prevail against the church. Who are you? You're the church. So what do you see? What do you say? Well, I see him lifted. And I tell the devil, listen, you ain't prevailing. You ain't winning. Why? Because my God is not rocked. He is undefeated. And Jesus tells them this. He tells them this uh, uh, right before he tells them about his suffering, that he's about to suffer. Uh -huh. And right before he tells them about the resurrection. In other words, Jesus tells them this because he knows they're about to experience some suffering. 
He says, the gates of hell will not prevail. And now you're about to experience some suffering. But I need you to know while you're going through the suffering that the gates of hell will not prevail. Why? Because God understands and Jesus understands that, uh, 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 that, that suffering can lie to you and say you are down for the count. Hardship can tell you that you are defeated and death can whisper that it's final. But these are all lies because God is not rocked. He has never been handed an unreturnable blow or a powerful punch. He is not rocked. He is the rock. Even in seemingly weakness, as he's on the cross, the devil thought he had him. But three days later, he got up. And if he gets up, that means you get up. So maybe I can say it like this. I'm trying to get you to move from sway to swag. Trying to get you from moving from sway to sway. You know, sway, sway is kind of back and forth. In and out. Up and down. I'm sorry, sway, 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 sway is back and forth. Sway is back and forth. Up and down, in and out. And sway, I, I, I look at sway as this way. Sway is seeing what's available in you. And you will always sway if you're just looking at what's available in you. Because if you ain't got it, you're down. If you ain't got it, you're out. And so we sway. And the winds blow. And we sway. Well, swag is a little different. Swag, swag is, is a strut. It's a parade. It's a, it's a stride. It's, it's walking confidently. And, 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 and it's not confident in your ability. Uh, swag is uh, like seeing what's available in God. Sway is seeing what's available in you, but swag is seeing what's available in God. And I'm not talking about a swag bag. I'm talking about that you should move from, from this to Got a little strut. Yeah, I see the hardship, but, but what's bigger and grander than the hardship is the rock. And he is higher than high. See, the Jesus kind of swag is that he can endure the hardship. He, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Pressure, yet he, and he says, God, let this, this cup pass over. How many of you ever had a moment where he says, God, let this cup pass over. I, I just want to get rid of all this hardship and the suffering, but nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. Why? Because Jesus says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He picks up on the psalmist and when David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for, uh, for thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff, they, they, they comfort me. He understands that at every death, there's a resurrection. Though there is a good Friday and, and there's a, a crucifixion, but there's a Sunday morning and it's coming. Uh, it got a Sunday morning, it's coming, it's a resurrection. Paul, Paul teaches this and he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10, he says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. 
perplexed but but not driven to despair persecuted but but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that we so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies for God alone my soul wait in silence for God alone oh my soul wait in silence so 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 quiet yourself be still and know that the Lord is God. So quiet yourself for my hope is from him. Hope is expectation. Bill Johnson says hope is the joyful expectation of good or hope is the joyful anticipation of good. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Now you remember early on, he said, I shall not be greatly shaken. But the more he reflected and said, my hope comes from him. I'm joyfully expecting good from God. He says, wait, it's not that I'm going to move a little bit. I'm not going to move at all. I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge. He's a refuge. He's a refuge. He's a safe place. He says, once God has spoken twice, have I heard this, that power belongs to God. God spoke it once, I heard it twice. He spoke it once and I keep listening to it. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. It doesn't belong to hardship. It doesn't belong to suffering. It doesn't belong to difficulty. Power belongs to God. And from Him, and from Him is steadfast love. It belongs to Him. A love that is unfailing. A love that is unceasing. A love that isn't changing. God is not rocked. He's not rocked, but he is moved. And the scriptures teach us that Jesus was moved with compassion. He's not rocked by what you're going through, but he's moved by it. And he wants to step into it. It's what the blood of Jesus is all about. To give you peace, to give you hope, to restore your joy. And so here it is, this song, this song of David, this psalm that David 
is singing. He's like, Lord, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you. I'm going to bless you and and I'm going to worship you, Lord, that's how I'm going to fight my battle. It's how I fight my battles, Lord. It it may look like I'm surrounded, but uh, I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battle. I keep my eyes fixed on you. This is how I fight my battle. It's how I fight. It's how I fight my battles. Because I know you're fighting for me. You're fighting with me. Mm-hmm. This is how I find my battle. This is how I find my battle. This is how I find my battle. This is how. And this is how I find my battle. And this is how. Depending on you, Jesus. This is how I find my battle. This is how it may look like, huh? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded. And this is how I feel. This is how I fight. This is how I fight my battle. This is how He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So, Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters. God, pour out your love. Pour out your hope. Pour out joy. pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. If you are in need of prayer, our prayer servants will be here to serve you. God bless you. Have a super Sunday.